This is the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, September 21st. A couple things we need to mention right off the bat on the Morning Sports Desk is that we have high school volleyball on our airwaves tonight. I'll be on the call in Wadena for the Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines as they host the Bertha Hewitt Bears in a Park Region Conference Clash. That's a 7:15 pregame, a 7:30 first serve. You can listen to that over on the Superstation K106 105.9 FM, also streaming live and worldwide at wadenaradio.com and the Superstation K106 app. Should be a good one from the WDC Middle High School Gym tonight. Also, by the way, just want to mention that the Pro Football Challenge on KWAD is uh, back and it's here. Go to WadenaRadio.com to make your picks for the NFL. Games start tonight, so be sure to get your picks on the uh, on the log here. You go to WadenaRadio.com, click on the Pro Football Challenge brought to you by the Liquor Depot and Staples, make your picks, and boom. You're done. Uh, Twins, magic number is down to one. One more game until the American League Central is clinched, and that could happen as soon as today because the Twins are off. But if Cleveland, who plays Baltimore today, who has the best record in the American League, if Cleveland loses to that team today, the Twins will clinch the playoff spot. If not, then they'll have to do it tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday when they play a three-game series against the Angels. But the point is, the AL Central could be clinched as soon as today, and the Twins will officially be in the postseason. Uh, One last thing with the Twins, Carlos Correa did go on the injured list um, with his plantar fasciitis or symptoms to it. Uh, He'll be back for the final series against the Colorado Rockies. I don't necessarily like the quick ramp-up process that he's going to only have three games after sitting for over a week to try and get reacclimated to the postseason, especially hitting in Colorado and the different kind of circumstances that that presents. But also at the same time, uh, the Twins have the division locked up. So let Carlos Correa, who's been battling that plantar fasciitis all season long, just let him sit for a week, rest up. He's not going to get fully healed, obviously, but can he like just conserve enough energy to be able to plow through the playoffs? And that's pretty much what the Twins are hoping on at that point. So there we go. There's your recap there. But we're going to talk some Vikings for the rest of the program here. And we are playing the Chargers this weekend, the Vikings are. And so I brought in resident Chargers fan Ian Rivers to join us on the program. Ian joined us to talk a little draft strategy back in April. Now he's joining us to preview Vikings Chargers on the morning sports desk. Good morning, Ian. How's it going? Morning, CJ. It's, It's going pretty well. All right, so Vikings Chargers this week. We've joked about this off-air, Ian, is that uh, this might be the most unserious football game we're about to watch on Sunday. Yeah, I think that that's a, a, a pretty good two, three-word preview um, because these teams both, I think, struggle heavily on defense and have pretty electric offenses. So there might be quite a few easy scoring drives in uh in Minneapolis on Sunday. Yeah, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson might break the all-time receiving record for yards in a game. Justin Herbert might throw for like 450. It's all in play here. Uh, So uh, one thing, Ian, uh, Corey Tackman, who's my co-host here, he's not joining me today, but he did have a couple questions he wanted to pass your way. So first question, as a Chargers fan, what's it like to be personally involved with the greatest uniform in sports? Honestly, it's, 
it's pretty cool. I have two or three Chargers uniforms uh, in my own closet. Um, I think they look really slick. And I thought they were pretty good before they rebranded in 2020. But I, I personally, I really love all the different combinations they have with the, the pants and the and the uniforms. I just wish they would be one of those teams that got an alternate helmet. I'm sure Vikings fans probably wish that as well. Or do they have one? I can't remember. They got one this year with the throwbacks, but that's they, they already wore it. So they're not going to have it like with any other uniforms. Right, right. Yeah, that's the only thing that I really wish they would do is get maybe a, an all-navy blue uh, kind of alternate uniform kind of throwback. But other than that, I really love the uniforms. Powder blue is always the way to go for me. So, yeah, those Chargers uniforms, one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. Uh, Ian, let's talk a, a little Chargers here. So we talked about the defense. Uh the Chargers, uh, from an outsider's perspective, have a defensive-minded head coach and a lot of money spent on the defensive side of the ball. Ian, why is their defense struggling? <laughs> um, I think that's a an internal question that we Charger fans have all been asking as well. Um, I think it's a little bit of a combination of um, you've got a lot of talent there, and I just think that somewhere along the line, what Staley's vision for the defense is and what the defense is actually doing. So there's some sort of miscommunication there because there's just, there's too many broken plays. That's the big thing is I think the Chargers have already given up like 11 explosive plays this season. And of course that can happen when you play Miami, but against Tennessee last week, who doesn't have the most explosive offense, that's kind of a problem. And I think the corners are the main issue this year. JC Jackson, coming off of a pretty big patella tendon issue. Um, and then Asante Samuel Jr. and Michael Davis have not looked as good as they looked last season. So I think there's just some sort of miscommunication issue going on somewhere, whether Staley can't properly get his vision to the defense or whether it's just the defensive players that can't put it into action. That still is kind of up in the air, but something's going wrong. Yeah, and in your opinion, do you think that that falls on the head coach? Do you think that the team just hasn't given him enough players? Because he kind of runs that Fangio-style defense where, and the Vikings had to deal with this last year, Sometimes, if you don't always have the personnel, uh, sometimes coaches have a habit of saying, well, the, the players aren't following this scheme. If this scheme works right, uh, then everything will work right. Uh, the players need to fit to the scheme instead of the scheme fitting to the players. Is that kind of the issue here, or what do you think is the biggest issue? I think it. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that the players the Chargers have, when you look at their, their team on paper, you see all these stars and all these really talented players. And then after that, I think the drop-off is really considerable. There's not a lot of B-minus, C-plus players. You kind of get the, the A to A-minus guys, and then it kind of drops off considerably after that. So there's a little bit of that, and I really do, for some reason, Staley is just struggling um, to be the defensive coordinator. And and that, for some reason, shakes me because of how well he did when he was in L.A. with the Rams and how good that defense looked. Um, but, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey might have helped out a lot, but the Chargers have some pretty good players. So I think that something is just going wrong, like I said, with that communication whether Staley's got too much on his plate now trying to be a head coach and a signal caller defensively 
I, I just, I think we're still trying to figure that out, but I think, uh, Staley's, he's on his last legs here if things don't get figured out quick. Yeah, and I think Vikings fans can relate to that. Of like, there are talented defenders on the Vikings defense too, but once you get through those guys, it's a very big drop off. You have Daniel Hunter, you have uh, you have Harrison Smith, you have a couple other guys on the defense who are big name guys. But then all of a sudden after that, it's like practice squad guys, and it it feels like that's that's kind of similar in that aspect. So let's flip over and talk about the offensive side of the ball, Ian, because of course you also are a a Kirk Cousins guy because uh, you're also a Michigan State guy as well. So maybe this will kind of, uh, this will be an interesting one to talk about Herbert here. Uh, So this uh, question again comes from my co-host Corey, and he wants to know, is Justin Herbert this generation's Matthew Stafford. So basically his thing is like, he's a guy who throws for a lot of yards. His team is can be kind of weird at times. Like, is it on Herbert that this team isn't doing more? Or do you think that it's everyone else's fault essentially? Um, that's kind of, that's a great question. I think Herbert is doing enough to be able to win these games. I think Stafford is a decent comp. For him, I would say he's much more talented than a guy like Stafford, um, but he's doing enough. The struggle that we've had this year is we've had many opportunities to put these games away at the end of them, uh, and you pay this massive contract to a guy like Herbert, and you look at the stats. He's done phenomenal this season. He's done great. I would say he's probably the last person I would blame for these first two losses. But there still is that, you know, you want him to kind of be able to play a little bit more hero ball if you're going to pay him to be the third highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I'm not sure how that works out now with Mahomes restructure, but either way, he's top two or three. So you'd like him to be able to play hero ball, but you can't just ask him to do that every game. I mean, the, the defense is just giving up scoring plays left and right. And I think when you ask him to do everything and be perfect, it's probably too much. So you, you you can see where you want him to be better, but at the same time, he's already 95%, you know, been really almost perfect for these first two games. It just hasn't been in the fourth quarter when you need it to be. All right, Ian, uh, the Vike, or excuse me, the Chargers, win on Sunday if the Chargers lose on Sunday if? The Chargers lose on Sunday if they can't develop a game plan to at least slow down Justin Jefferson. I think that they need to be able to say, hey, Jordan Addison, uh, go beat us. Uh, KJ Osborne, go beat us. That's fine. But we just can't give up those plays. I mean, we gave up over 200 yards to Tyree Kill in week one. That can't happen if you want to be able to get, uh, keep up with the Vikings on a defense and with their offense, I mean. Uh, and so I think that's that's if the Chargers lose. The Chargers win if they can um, – I would say they win if they can implement a better red zone offense. Their red zone offense was very inefficient last week against the Tennessee Titans. I think their offense is going to be able to get there. Uh, they just have to find ways, especially if Austin Eckler doesn't play to better punch that ball in when they get inside the 20. All right, Ian, uh, we talked about Justin Jefferson. Is there any other player, I guess, 
uh, as a Chargers fan, when you look at this Vikings team, do you go like, okay, like besides Justin Jefferson, is there any other aspect that you're kind of scared about? Or is there any other aspect maybe that kind of worries you coming into Sunday's game? Or is this like, these are just two teams that are so similar, it's going to be hard to tell what's going to happen. I think TJ Hawkinson is a guy that would normally scare me if we did not have Derwin James defensively, because Derwin has plenty of uh, practice uh, with a guy named Travis Kelsey. He plays him twice a year and he does for all intents and purposes, a pretty good job on Travis both times we play him compared to a lot of other defenders. So I'm sure that'll probably be Derwin's assignment is just make sure Hawkinson doesn't get his all week. And then they're going to have to figure out a different way to kind of game plan for Justin Jefferson, I'm sure. But I think Hawkinson's the other big threat. And then it's just going to be, don't let guys like Jordan Addison, like Jordan Addison, he got behind the Eagles defense for a big touchdown. You can't afford to let that happen. You got to make, you know, you got to make some adjustments with the deep ball. And I think the Vikings should probably uh, look to scheme some of those plays in because of the fact that Chargers have struggled with that this year. Last question, Ian. Uh, over under uh, 90 total points scored in this game on Sunday. Ooh, um, <laughs> I want to take the over just because I know I've watched these first two games for these teams, and it has not been all there defensively, but I think 90 is asking a lot unless you're getting some sort of a, a generational game. I remember a Chargers-Browns game from like two years ago uh, that was like 42 to 41. And I don't even know if we'll get to that scoring. So I'm going to say under, um, but I think it'll be pretty close. All right. Final score prediction, and then we'll let you get out of here. Well, uh, I have little to no faith in either of these teams to actually go out and win it. I feel like same, you know, it's just, it's going to be one of these teams is going to lose the game. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead Man, I think that this has got to be the game Herbert puts his contract, uh, you know, puts his money where his mouth is and his arm, and uh, they're going to end up winning. It's going to be at the very end of the game. I think Cameron Dicker kicks a game-winning field goal, 38-35 to Chargers. All right, a high-scoring game. I feel like that's expected too. So, of course, with both of our predictions of high-scoring games, it means that it's probably going to end up like 17-13 or something like that, right? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Ian Rivers, resident Chargers fan here, talking with us on the morning sports desk, previewing this week's Vikings-Chargers game on Sunday. Hey, Ian, great to talk with you, and we'll uh, we'll chat with you again later, okay? Sounds good. Great to have – thanks for having me on, CJ. This has been the morning sports desk for Thursday, September 21st.